to the DEI Discussions podcast series. This is the Women of Fintech chapter and we are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk for change across the entire financial technology industry. Today we are joined by Alicia Arafin, Global Head of People and Culture at Steeleye and Emmy Grandstrom, Global Head of Marketing at Steeleye. Steeleye are a fintech that enables firms to meet regulatory obligations more efficiently and accurately than any other solution and they're both here today to share how they walk the talk for inclusion in our sector and what more they want done so welcome to both of you great to have you here thanks for having us thank you Emmy it'd be great if you could tell us a little bit more about Steeleye and your role there absolutely thank you Nadia we're both very excited to be here on the pod with you so Steeleye is a five and a half year old fintech scaler on a really exciting mission today we're the only firm in our sector that can integrate both trades and communications for surveillance. Now, to anyone normal, not in our sector, that means very little, but for those in our industry, that's really, truly groundbreaking. And this unique tap that we've built has enabled us to grow very rapidly. And we have so many exciting opportunities for growth and therefore a lot of job openings at Steeleye which is very, very exciting. And that's why Alicia and I are here to talk a little bit about our growth and how we really promote inclusion and diversity as we scale. Which is a phenomenal thing because this seems to be the bit that everyone really struggles with, how like they can have all the best intentions, but as that scale actually happens, mm-hmm. it becomes more complicated. And I think still are doing such a great job in getting this right. So Alicia, it'd be great if you tell us a little bit more about your role and what makes Steel Eye a great place to work. Sure, no problem. So I'm the global head of people and culture at Steel Eye and my role encompasses everything from talent attraction, retention, learning and development, employee engagement, reward, I mean the list goes on and not on my job spec is our elements of coaching, being intermediary or a mediator I should say. So yeah, really varied role which is great and, and I find very interesting and challenging. What makes us a great place to work, I think, really very much down to the people. And it it sounds cliched, but it's really true. Everyone really walks the values of the the company. They're very respectful to one another, full of integrity, really passionate about what we do and really driven to make us a successful company. And I think with the right people on board, you know, you can go so far. And I think, as Emmy said, it's a testament to the fact that we've been growing for the last five years and, you know, going from strength to strength. So we started off with probably about you know, 10 people in a small office in London. And now we have over 100 people across four different locations. So that's been a great achievement. Hmm. Um, and what's great, I mean, it's, it, the, the culture is, a, is about being open, it's a being inclusive, it's working hard, but also having fun, I think, is part of the secret sauce, as they say, mm-hmm. at Steel Eye. Yeah, I love that. I'm really glad that you've explained it with all those facets because I think people almost like to put inclusion and culture as secondary to the business doing well. Well, actually, that is completely part of it doing well and what helps it do well. And it's been great to see how important that's been for Steelite. So, Emmy, tell us a bit more about championing inclusion in the workplace Mm. and what you've seen for that and what you've done for that. Yeah, I think what's really important when we're talking about inclusion is not just talking about it and and i work in marketing so like i know all about uh, spinning a good story and telling a good story and you hear a lot about a lot of companies talk about 
uh, how they treat people and how they try to promote and hire more women. But is that actually reflected in how their benefits package works? Is it actually reflected in how they treat people in the company and how women and people of minority backgrounds actually feel? And I think that's something Steelite gets really, really right. And that's so important. It's not just talk, it's walking the talk like you always say. And a facet I feel is very important and that has always been very clear for me at Steelite is allyship. And we talk about it a lot, mm. having allies internally, and that's just not female allies. I think one of the strongest allies I've had at, uh, during my career at Steelite is, is Matt Smith, our CEO. He's got two young daughters who I adore and who, who come to the office regularly. But because of the way he is, he's always been a, a very strong advocate for inclusion of women, for hiring more women. He is personally committed to driving um, more, more female hires in areas like India and Bangalore, mm -hmm. which in Bangalore and India, but also in Braga and Portugal, which are engineering hubs where it's actually harder to attract women. Uh, there, there are just not as many women that study those practices. At least I can talk about this at the, uh, in a second. But um, allies internally is so, so, so important. It's so much more about just talk. It's about actually implementing a structure that supports inclusion. Mm -hmm. And thank you for sharing that because it is just so important that people do, as you said, walk the talk. Mm -hmm. I'm so passionate about that. Alicia, I wanted you to share a bit more about what that looks like in your global role. I know Emmy's just mentioned both Portugal and India, and I know you've got some great examples to share with us. Yeah, sure. So as part of the strategy, I think, around DE&I at Steeli, especially this year, as a management team, have really committed to driving the gender diversity strategy and putting a number there in place, putting a quota, which I was very keen to do, and then talking about how do we execute. And I think that's the, the point where you say, okay, you can talk about it, now what are we actually going to do about it? And to us that means many different things and there are so many different ways that you can do this, as you know. So engaging with a wider audience from different backgrounds, so, you know, we're talking to people not just at university, but who maybe are school leavers across all locations. In the UK, for example, we work with the Early Careers Foundation and we're looking at doing the introduction day or come and visit insight day, they call it, to mm -hmm. come and see the office. And this is open to, again, school leavers or people who are still at school from lower socioeconomic backgrounds specifically, both within London but, but outside of London, to get a view of actually what does it mean to work in a company, to work in a tech firm and break down those barriers mm -hmm. and, and showing them that it's not scary and you can be taught a lot of these skills you don't have to have gone to university and widening the net it, not just for for women i think for as we say you know different backgrounds and different races and ethnicities and i think a lot of it is also about internally demonstrating that we have a very diverse background in terms of the mm. people that work here i just wanted to give an example as well so when you really set a quota or you know you have a strategy and people are committed to execute. This year so far, you know, of all the applicants, we've had about 27% of those were female or women and the people we hired is 70% yeah. are women. So of 30%, 70% of our hires are women because yeah. we made a concerted effort to really push them to the front and really get people to understand and, and be open, this is hiring managers and people internally to say, we're not forcing you to hire them, we just want you to meet them because they have so many skills that you may not be aware of or they haven't been 
push the front because of you know bluegrass being reactive or so I think it's so interesting now that even by this point of time in the year how successful we've been in that push just goes to show that if you've got people behind it they really believe in it and and want to make a difference Mm. you can and we are so but this is also because of all the amazing work you've been doing so we had an off-site in January February February yeah, yeah and the message was very clear we have a target to get to when it comes to inclusion and, and hiring of women. So if you have an open position and you need to be interviewing women, th- that's that's it. And you need to justify why you're not hiring a woman. It, 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 that was kind of the overall message. Yeah. And of course that's fine if there's if it's a case of this is a better candidate, but we've actually interviewed 50-50 women men and, and whatever. That's cool. But I like this, you know, it's, it's actually really backing up that that objective by saying well then justify why it needs to be a man because we are not at a point in the company where we have equal men and women so there should be a justification to to really drive that change which I think is epic and it's the same thing with retaining women and also attracting women is, is like I said earlier it's not just about the talk but I'm nearly six months pregnant, which is really exciting. And we have great benefits at Steeleye. But there were some things I even recently said to Alicia, have you thought about these things? You know, that would be really good. And she's like, I'm already on it. I talked to our investors last week to get feedback, what other companies are doing. We're doing a number of changes. I'll let you know next week. So for me, it's almost every single turn. I have a question about something I think could be better. Alicia's already thought of it and is driving it. That's amazing. But it's, 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 for me, it's amazing. But. And I think it's about, and not just for women, but for everybody, it's about feeling valued and, and truly valued. And that's why people would stay, because if you feel valued and you enjoy your job and really you love where you work, there's zero reason to, to look elsewhere or yeah. to want to go elsewhere. And if there's progression, if there's great you know, events socially, but also you know, great people, then I think there's no reason for, for people to want to leave and, and actually it's more about wanting more people to be part of mm. the company. So we do have great internal ambassadors and I think you know it's a really key point is you can have one or two people who are trying to make this change, mm. which is fine, but when you get the allies internally and suddenly those one or two become 20, 30, the amount of difference you can make, the amount of change you can make in a shorter period of time is, is mm. really significant, I think. Mm. So I think it's about getting people behind you and truly understanding why is diversity important, why is inclusion important. Mm -hmm. There are so many stats, as we know, about how successful businesses are if they have a much more diverse and inclusive workforce. So that's even, that doesn't even need to be said. And now it's like, okay, let's, how do we just get on and, and do it? Mm. And I, I like the fact that there are so many people internally who are champions, like Emmy, like uh, the management team and, and others in, internally who do what they can to try and make a change, you know, and it's harder, you were talking about India, when you get to that point where actually you're so outnumbered, we look at gender diversity and very, very few women, it becomes a much, much harder problem to solve. And, mm. and I think it's mm. getting yourself really before that point, before it becomes a critical, you know, it becomes a real issue. And we're working on that. And again, you know, it's great for the engagement we've got from the team on the ground. Arjun, who leads the, the India office, does so much to proactively get more women in front of the hiring managers and more diverse CVs or diverse profiles in. 
but I think leaving it too late it's really difficult so mm. you know, what we can do up front and from the offset is mm. very important. I think people are starting to realise it will damage their business yeah. if, mm. they, if they keep leaving this. What I love about what the both of you are saying is there's so many different things that you're doing as a business to mm. solve this issue and I see that there's a number of companies out there in the fintech industry who are looking to scale and they choose just one of these to focus on and it doesn't drive the change they need to like they'll do quotas on its own they'll do one off-site day on its own with no follow-up but yeah. everything that you're saying it's it's continual it's constant it's front of mind it's leadership it's all the people that you bring in it's that constant education the re-education i find that really really fascinating that you're making such an impact because of all of that 27 percent applicants 75 percent placements female into your business is incredible it's an incredible stat to share with us and what i really love about this is that emmy you also are quite keen to talk about building confidence in young people fairly and that's just another avenue of solving this same problem but I love how you will think like that like what else and what are we missing and what else should we be talking about so yeah please share some of your thoughts around that confidence and that confidence building in young people I think it's a really interesting challenge I, I especially now like expecting a child I've always loved pub discussions about are men and women born different or are we made different but we know, for example, and we were at a sort of women event uh, breakfast the other day, and it, it, there was a panel discussion about how women can progress in their careers. And there was one woman who used that kind of usual, you just have to demand, you have to ask what you get, and you, mm -hmm. you need to be super confident. And confidence is important, but I, I don't think we need to mold confidence on what men have done traditionally. But we need to build our little humans, our youth, up to be confident, and particularly minority groups and, and women, so that they feel like they have all the opportunities and, and all the options in their future, in their career, that, that men do. And it's as simple as, you know, you know, you and my daughter get a little toy kitchen, whereas the boy gets a digger dogger and is told that he's, he's going to be an engineer, whereas you're going to be a great mother and a great chef, and you're going to make such a beautiful home, as opposed to you're going to boss it in the workplace, you're going to be a leader one day, you know, all of these things have an impact and I just want us all as a society, because this is a societal question, to be very mindful of how we talk to our girls versus boys. I was asked about, are you going to find out the gender? And I, first we thought we were and now we decided not to, but when we thought we were, someone said to me, oh, well, it is good to know what colour to paint the room after all, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Oh, no, no, <laughs> yeah. that's not relevant for me. But yeah, do you, what, do, what do you think, Alicia? I think that the, you know, when you're talking about the, the youth and, you know, getting young people into technology firms or even into corporates where I, I do think there's a barrier and I do think it's about opening the door and I think it's about giving people an opportunity and without it feeling like it's, like, you have to, I think it needs to be a real true desire to, to say, look, we, we want everyone from all walks of life and actually it's about you as a person, your motivations, you know, you being passionate and we don't care about your background, don't yeah. care about your gender exactly, we're not going to put you in a box. I know it sounds so idealistic but I truly believe that if you can break down those biases and be open, people will thrive and if you support them they will, they will thrive in the right environment. And they won't thrive in the wrong environment when you start to put up barriers or put them in boxes. Women going up the ladder and then not having support. We, we see a lot of 
you know, senior leaders, female leaders dropping off. And I think it's an ongoing thing, but I do believe, like Amy said, it starts from a very, very young age. And I think it's being conscious, as you say, conscious about the language you use, the looking at applicants or, you know, when you meet people and just being quite compassionate about how you're treating them. There's a balance between being, yes, you have to be commercial, but doesn't mean you, you have to go down the same old traditional route of what does a good candidate look like. And I think a lot of companies in this industry, in the finance industry and technology, are starting to be much more open-minded and giving people opportunities mm. and, and that in itself is fantastic you know you've got apprenticeship schemes you've got internships but not just for for those who've gone down those paths nothing wrong with that of course you know I, that, that was my route and, and that's for lots of other people I know but it's just offering it up to a bigger pool because actually you will find gem and that's what you want mm. in any company yeah absolutely and so much of that resonates with me I'm I mean I'm, I'm reading books to the kids to go to sleep at night and I am changing men to people constantly and they're the little ladybird books that I used to read as a child and they're yeah. just so outdated and you look at the pictures and there's one female to a hundred males represented in there it's very interesting once your mind switches onto this you see it everywhere in everything it's no wonder that it's subliminal because it's yeah. in every advertising of any product on anything you see on TV and the things that you notice are the companies like Dove for example that are, are genuinely trying to break that mould yeah. but once your eyes open to it you can't you can't unsee it and that's the good thing we would just want people to be mindful of that be, be aware of what you're reading and, and the subliminal message it's sending and just so we have more of an, an equal base I mean, we are different women and men are different and, and there are different strengths which we should celebrate but the opportunities and the foundation we're given in life should certainly be the same. Mm, absolutely. Emmy, I know that you're passionate about parental leave as well and how that should be resting on both parents and companies to support that as a structure. Share some of your thoughts. Yeah, so I'm Swedish, and in Sweden it's, you have this beautiful use it or lucid model. So each party gets allocated, I think it's six months, but I don't can't remember exactly how it is. But it can't be transferred across, which really just puts the onus on dads and moms to take that special time off with their kids. But what I think is, is really important with sharing the parental leave, now that's possible in the UK, but it's quite often at a financial disadvantage because women are often paid more maternity leave than men are means that the, the onus is usually on women to take that time off and then once they're taking that time off nursery in this country is so expensive that many of them don't go back to work and so there's there's a huge inequality there whereas if we lived in a world where all companies had 50 50 women and men mm. and women and men took equal maternity paternity leave then it would be as much of a loss for a dad to take time off when their kids are born as, as for women very stressful life I, I love my job i love steel eye, I, I'm ambitious, so there was a stress for me, I've always wanted a family, but I was nervous about how the company was going to respond, no, I knew the company was going to respond well, but there's this fear of what if I'm not going to be as good anymore, or what if I'll be replaced, you know, all of those things happen, and I think if there was a more equal society where men and women equally took time off to, to raise their children, because two people, a man and a woman, do make the kids, mm. or you need both mm. parts, it would have a much more equal workplace. The response from Steela was fabulous. I, I was taken out for a, for a very fancy lunch by Matt. Oh, so congratulations. So, you know, th there's, there's a way to say we value you and 
this is an exciting development in your life that we celebrate and it's not going to hinder your career and that's mm. certainly the response I got and I hope everyone is as, as mm. lucky. And thank you for sharing that because I think that's just so poignant because it really took me back to how I felt just before I told my CEO I was pregnant and what went through my mind and my worries and literally carbon copy to what you've just said you were nodding furiously yeah, yeah. as well like, and you know how many other women will be feeling exactly the same yeah. thing so it's amazing that you've said how you felt and thank you for sharing that in this space and just how many of our listeners will then be able to relate to it and know that there are companies out there that will 100% support you yeah. in anything that comes our way during this time my last question comes back to you then Lisha what would you like to see more of across the industry for genuine workplace inclusion? I would like to see people really taking more action and being much more proactive um, and that means as I say not just having the strategy and talking about the strategy but really talking about the execution and I think that it would be good to see some statistics as well from genuinely to see people tell us like okay over the year or a couple of years you know this was what we intended to do and and this is this is how we've how we've succeeded or not succeeded against it and be much more open about it and ourselves as well you know we, we talk about reporting and I think it's great to do the bits and the pieces and you know I think sometimes people use it for a branding exercise and if there's a genuine intention there to make a difference we'd love to see more people talk about the success stories how have they been able to do it and share it within the industry as well yeah. so I know a lot of companies are really keen to to learn from others mm. and to learn how did you manage to make it a more inclusive environment we didn't talk about it but I think psychological safety in the workplace is really important I think mm. being open and talking about you know, mental health and, and people who have mental health issues being open and being able to feel like you can have those discussions internally and not feel like you might have backlash or judged you know, judgment from from peers is really critical and I think it, a lot of it is down to the culture I think it's about people really genuinely wanting to allow others to have everyone to have a voice and to have a say and I think inclusion is is that and also you as a company I think you have to ask the employees like what do you think is going well what could we do differently you know what ideas do you have because mm. we don't have you know the leadership team don't have all the the answers yeah and we know that in the big companies they don't have all the answers yeah so it's about you know sharing ideas and trying things out and some things will work and others won't and for everyone to feel confident enough to voice exactly their ideas and their their opinions and even if they think it might not be received well if it's yeah. a feedback on a policy or something like that having a, an environment where everyone yeah. can share their opinion in a, in a safe mm. space yeah it's really important and I think when I did this recently after our offsite and actually there was some quite negative feedback about push for diversity and it really knocked me back and you know I was quite upset and then I'll be open I was I was really upset to read this and I thought okay was it did I not you know, land the message well did it feel forced or disingenuine really wrecked my brains and then it was it was Matt and a few others who said you're not going to please everybody everyone's got their own opinions but the majority and they're like look at the majority of the feedback it's brilliant they, they're all behind it they think everyone's doing a great job they're really supportive and I think you have to be 
you know, th there will be setbacks and I think there will be naysayers. And I'm sure, Nadia, you've met a lot of people who are quite negative and you'll get those comments. And I think you have to just say, okay, that's fine, that's your opinion and everyone's entitled to it. But I truly believe that this is going to make a positive difference in our company, company and in our society. So we're going to go for it. Good for you. And do it. And you're absolutely smashing it. And it's been brilliant just to hear you both talk about this and, and really walk the talk in the business. And I think just on that psychological safety point, how amazing was it that you both in this podcast, you were talking about how you'd gone and spoken about the maternity package. You'd already looked into it and it was back and forth, back and forth. And the safety that you two had mm -hmm. being able to do that, I thought was fantastic. So thank you both for being so open, so transparent. And this has been an absolute pleasure having you both in the studios. So thank you for joining us for the DEI Discussions podcast series. Mm -hmm.